Cheerscast is part of the Fire and Water Network. What is Coach doing? <laughs> He's watching Thunder Road. We always watch Robert Mitchell movies together. Sam, it's a bad time right now. Well, I, I know, honey, but uh, it's kind of a tradition that goes back to this for years. I mean, he's our favorite actor. Never, under any circumstances, do we miss one of his movies. But I came out of the bedroom, and I'm so embarrassed because of the way I was dressed. Come in here, I'll show you what I mean. Come on. Oh, scram. Out. <laughs> Making your way in the world today takes everything you've got. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. And they're always glad you came. Everybody knows your name You wanna go where people know People are all the same You wanna go where everybody knows your name Hello and welcome back to Cheerscast, the podcast where everybody knows your name. I'm Ryan Daly, and joining me this time to talk about the Season 2 episode, and Kochi Makes 3, is returning guest Gene Hendricks. But Gene is not alone. To make this an awkward threesome, as is fitting this episode, we are also joined by Gene's wife, Michelle. Hello, Michelle. Welcome to the show. Thank you. <laughs> I have to ask, as so many of our listeners are probably wondering, how did you get talked into doing this? Uh, and after that, what is your history with the TV show? Well, I hadn't even heard about Cheers until my best friend who lived next door to me and her brother were watching it in their parents' bedroom during the day. So they dragged me in there. How old were you at this point? I don't know. I was seven or eight, I oh, guess. Oh, wow. Okay. And I didn't see any appeal to watching a bunch of drunks, <laughs> you know, just coming in from, they're like, oh, yeah, it's a show about a bunch of people at a bar <laughs> laughing about things. I'm like, well, I mean, they're drunks. Of course, they're going to be laughing about stuff. I had no idea about the show. So anyways, we watched it and I, I didn't think it was funny. The first couple of episodes. Do you remember if it was a Diana or Rebecca episode? It was a Rebecca episode. It was. Ah. Anyways, they forced me to watch, like <laughs> held me down and forced me to watch several seasons. They made you watch whole seasons. All right. <laughs> they, they forced me like yeah. to, they dragged me over there every single day. Yeah. And, kicking and screaming. I'm sure. Kicking and screaming. <laughs> and, and, you know, because I didn't have cable as a kid. So. You didn't have cable until your sister was in high school. Well, that's just because, you know, whatever. Before we get too deep into our conversation, did your attitude about the show ever change? <laughs> did it? Well, eventually... No, she still hates it. Eventually, I started to laugh. <laughs> eventually, I started to think it was funny. <laughs> right, well, ho hopefully, we'll find something funny about this episode. Um, yeah, I, I, as I, 
I put this out there uh, at the end of the first season, and I, I mentioned it on Facebook that I really wanted to gather more women on to, to be my guests on this show. I was really kind of reaching out, but I don't I don't know a whole lot of women within the podcasting community who are interested in this subject matter who wanted to talk about it. So I was kind of blindly just like <laughs> shooting off, hoping, hey, friends of a friend, somebody like like a spouse getting in. Here. Um, so I will have a few a few female voices this season, uh, and and I'm happy to welcome you as the first one. So Thank you very much for being on this one. Sure. And, and that's basically how she, she ended up. You put the post out there. I showed it to her. She said, yeah, okay. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> that was enough. So. Yep. All right. So the episode that we are going to talk about, Season 2, Episode 15, and Kochi Makes 3. This episode is written by Heidi Perlman, directed by James Burroughs. The original air date was January 19th, 1984. Diane plans an intimate night with Sam, but Coach shows up at her apartment to watch a movie with Sam. Although they send him away at first, Sam and Diane are immediately struck by guilt for prioritizing their romance at the expense of Coach's loneliness, so they welcome him back in to watch the movie. This sets a terrible precedent, however, as for the next month, Sam and Diane can hardly do anything or go anywhere together without Coach tagging along. Desperate to regain their private time, they hatch a scheme to hook Coach up with a woman so he won't be so alone. After several false starts, they finally learn that Coach has a crush on a woman named Catherine that he knows from the bank. They arrange a double date, and Coach and Catherine seem to hit it off. But when she's ready to leave, Coach directs her to the bus station and stays behind to spend the rest of the night with Sam and Diane. Seeing no alternative but to be honest and direct, the lovers tell Coach to get lost so they can have some time to themselves. The next day, they admit their shame to Norm, who was waiting for them outside Cheers before they opened up. Coach arrives and demands to know whose idea it was to kick him out. Sam and Diane each verbally share culpability while non-verbally pushing the blame off on the other. Coach says he wants to thank them. After he left Diane's apartment, he caught up with Catherine and went back to her place where they had a great night. Again, Sam and Diane verbally expressed joy that both of them could be responsible, while each silently lets Coach know that it was his or her decision that pushed him toward Catherine. And that basically is, and Coachy makes three. So, big picture, uh, Michelle, as, as a first-time guest, what did you think of this episode overall? Well, I thought it was really funny because this always happens whenever anybody's dating. You always end up with a third wheel. <laughs> and currently our third wheel is watching YouTube in the living room. <laughs> our daughter. <laughs> or, or as Coach, as Coach points yeah. out in this episode, uh, three people is natural. You don't want a fourth wheel. That just makes sense. Oh, no. <laughs> Gene, what did you think of this one? I, I enjoyed this one. Uh, I I liked how it bounced back and forth between Diane's apartment and the bar. Mm. So you 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 get a sense of yeah, this time has progressed. When they first mentioned the month, I didn't think it had progressed that far. <laughs> yeah, because that's going back and forth. You know, different day or different week, whatever. Except in the teaser to the opening scene is joined. It's the exact same scene after the opening credits. And that I just thought that was hilarious. And I wondered about that because it seemed weird uh, to me at first. And 
for the teaser to this episode, it opens up with Norman Cliff sitting at the bar. They're actually on the the other side of the bar by the door, actually closest, rather than their usual seats. Uh, and Norm notices that two women down at the edge of the bar sitting next to each other are kind of, like, <laughs> making eyes at them, clearly interested. And Norm and Cliff run a whole battery of tests to see if the women are really checking them out, <laughs> which involves walking to the other edge of the bar and <laughs> the girls are still following. So, yep, yep, and they're, of course, being as subtle as you can imagine Norm and Cliff to be. Um, and then they're like, all right, you know, we'll, we'll wait for the girls to make the first move. And as, you know, coach announces it's closing time, the ladies go over and basically proposition them. They're like, hey, do you guys have any idea where we can go, you know, for a good time or something like that? And you see the color drain out of Norman <laughs> Cliff's face and, and like their jaws just like fall. And it, you just proceed to hear them make, oh, it just like the groaning, just like, I can only like imitate it, but it's just, uh like they like they just like their mouth is full of novocaine they cannot speak they cannot utter a coherent thought and the women are like what the heck is going on one of the women actually said these guys are martians <laughs> in, in a very strong boston accent What's wrong with these guys yeah. um the guy and they cannot talk and then like the ladies walk out and then you like as the as Norman Cliff are still just sort of stammering, can't talk to each other. That's when it cuts to the opening credits. And Gina, as you point out, after the credits, Act One begins right at that moment. They're still like that, and then they kind of like snap out of it and like blaming each other, like smooth move, like you know, like <laughs> like yeah, you know, like you know, you're full of charm there or something like that. And then of course they they start you know just saying like hey those women weren't that good looking or anything like that, you know, pushing that off. But I I did wonder kind of like where the decision came to cut it where it did, cut that scene, and why it needed to be continued, because I thought they could have let that scene play out entirety, give it like 30 or 45 more seconds or something before mm. the, the credits or something. Or even, I don't know if the when it came back from the commercial, I don't know if that really added a lot of value to that scene or something. So I just, I thought it was kind of weird that they needed that extra time in the beginning. Well, but. As someone who's been in a situation almost exactly like that. <laughs> well, no, I didn't do whale sounds. <laughs> but what it does is it shows there's an indeterminate amount of time there. You know, they could have recovered immediately or it could have been a half hour later yeah, and they were still vapor locked, <laughs> you know, but and I'll just, just relate this quick story, which I don't think I've ever actually told Michelle. Because this happened before I met her. Okay, this is exclusive to Cheers. This sounds right. <laughs> because I thank Total you. This <laughs> male. So I was in college, and this was, I believe, this was after I got back from England. I'm not entirely sure, uh, but we, there was this restaurant that we, we, my friends and I, would go to, and we were regulars there. We were there probably once or twice a week because it was around the corner from where we lived, and. At one point, we had gone to a bar, which I went to be social because I don't drink. <laughs> but there was a woman there that seemed, you know, interested, and we were having a conversation. We and I, I had this nagging feeling in the back of my head that I knew her. Turns out she was one of the waitresses from that restaurant. But it was to the point where they were playing. You're the one that I want from Greece. <laughs> I mean, this was like beating me over the head. <laughs> and I panicked. I just, I because I didn't remember who she was. 
And basically, as soon as the song was off, uh, my friends and I, I basically grabbed, I grabbed Jim Haywood and I said, okay, and we left. So I know exactly how Norman Cliff felt in this. It was just complete vapor lock. <laughs> Michelle, anything to add? <laughs> that sounds right. See? <laughs> she had to make the first move, you know. <laughs> See, you have to understand that I went to school with a bunch of the stupidest boys ever. Well, book smart. <laughs> That's all we were. We were book smart. <laughs> They treated us girls in in their own grade like we had leprosy. Oh, you're talking about high school and stuff. High school. And none of the boys in my class would even come near me. They wouldn't talk to me. They wouldn't ask me out. They wouldn't sit next to me. If I talked to one of them like, hey, pass me the salt. Ooh, she likes me. Ooh, did you hear that? She asked me to pass her the salt. She likes me. <laughs> you know, it was totally insane. That was about normal teenage boy behavior, really. Oh, it was insane. <laughs> and I'd known some of these guys since they were in diapers. It wasn't like I was going to let any of them near me. Did you just say that you wanted them to come near you? Well, I mean, <laughs> the Catholic boys, sure, you know, but the guys I'd known since I was two. Right. Mm-hmm. No way. The Catholic boys, yeah. I didn't know them as well. <laughs> so having, you know, vapor-locked men is traditional. <laughs> yeah. And they go from, you know, vapor-lock to... Insulting each other to sour grapes at, like, warp nine. (laughs) Uh, And then the scene jumps to Diane's apartment, uh, where it seems no danger of that. Uh, Diane Diane is in the mood. She's getting ready, despite uh, the dinner, which they frequently say, keeps repeating on her. Her her dinner apparently consists of green stuff and brown stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Then this actually... there's several times throughout the series they kind of allude to the fact that Diane's not a great cook, but she goes into yeah, she goes <laughs> into the bedroom to change into something slinky. Uh, meanwhile, Sam hears the knock at the door. He lets Coach in to watch Thunder Road, which a Robert Mitchum movie. And apparently, as, as Sam says, they always watch Robert Mitchum movies together. He's their favorite actor. Um, I've never seen Thunder Road. The only thing I know about it is it starred Robert Mitchum and his his son, James, but they played brothers in the movie. That's, that's like, weird. That's the limit to what I know about the about the movie. See, all uh, I know about Thunder Road is it's a Garth Brooks song. <laughs> yeah, and Springsteen, yeah. I know even less yeah. than that, so... <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Coach comes in, he sits down on the couch to watch it, and like Sam is almost like completely forgotten that Diane like went into the other room. Even in the yeah. in the apartment. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like they turn off the light and Diane comes out, spritzing herself with perfume and everything in this in this black number, and sits on Coach's lap saying, Take me, you barbarian, before realizing it's Coach. And she screams and runs into the other room. <laughs> He says, you're going to miss the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah he, he's just completely involved in the movie. I mean, she she take me to a Hummel. Oh, hi, Diane. <laughs> and that was, like, the one thing, like, like, 
I, I was surprised like he didn't react to the fact that she's half dressed and and coming coming out to him and everything. He just well, seems so oblivious to that. He's staring at the TV now. I I had a television sort of like this when we would go to my grandfather's house. He had one television, and that was in the living room. Mm-hmm. But my sister and I we would sleep upstairs. So if we wanted to watch TV, we had a portable. Yep combination black and white tv radio (laughs) (laughs) it was uh essentially like the one they have in the episode except it was horizontal so the 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 screen it was probably like a four inch screen on the left hand side and then you had the dial on the right right and depending on whether you were tv am or fm was where you looked on the dial so if you actually wanted to see anything on that you had to stare at it and concentrate. <laughs> so that's Coach knew she was there. He probably didn't see her. <laughs> I, I do really like the TV and that little detail that they just had this tiny little portable. And I have a feeling that that's Sam's TV that he brings over because I don't think Diane would have a TV. No, like, she, certainly not. she will not have it. Not at, not at this in point. Her apartment. No. And she, she grudgingly lets him bring it over and <laughs> – as soon as he brings out, uh, we're in a rut, <laughs> you know. Yeah, absolutely. I, I like when uh, you know he when he's expl- when Sam is explaining it to Diane. He's like, you know, Mitchum's our favorite actor. We never, under any circumstance, miss one of his movies. And then she pulls him in to show him what she's wearing, and he instantly pops it out. Coach, scram! Yeah. <laughs> out! <laughs> out you go. <laughs> Goodbye. Do either of you think like? It's hard to ascribe any kind of like malicious intentions to to mm-hmm. him. Like, but do you think he meant to make them feel guilty, or was that just Coach being honest? I think that was him being honest. I think he actually did get his coat caught in the door right there. <laughs> oh, I think so too. <laughs> and he just he he'd just been thrown out, so he he felt bad about knocking on the door again. So he was going, he was going to stand there until Sam went home. I think so too. <laughs> Probably until the next morning. <laughs> Just because he is that, well, I was going to say he is so much without malice that he would do that until I get, I remember the episode, which you haven't covered yet, where the one fellow baseball player dies. But right. right. That, that, <laughs> that's, that's down the road for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, but it, it just seemed like as he's explaining like that, you know, I, I think he, the line that he says is, you know, when when you like you forget that other people have lives or something like that. Yes, yeah. <laughs> that line like really, really, you know, kills whatever mood they were in. Oh yeah, they they both get smacked yeah. with a guilt trip right there. So they let him back in, and then yeah, then we after that scene we go back to the to the bar. But you're right, as you pointed out, we do. Gosh, there's like three scenes in the bar and two scenes in her apartment. It's really like, you know, five five like scene change like set changes in this episode. It feels just like a few big scenes um with a, a few little ones in between because at first we get the scene with Carla talking to Norm. <laughs> And she goes through this whole thing, and she's like, you know, when I'm in charge of the bar, I feel like, God, I can do anything. And she talks about how, you know, these little petty little harassments she can do for customers. I can spit in people's drinks. Yeah. She's like, if I don't like a customer's attitude, I can spit in his drink. Yeah. And she she says this just as she's handing the beer to Norm with a big grin. And he's like, 
you're not still angry about that fight we had. <laughs> and she's like, she's like, you tell me. And she walks away. So Cl- <laughs> Cliffy comes back and he's talking to somebody else. And Norm kind of like surreptitiously switches their drinks. So we can take Cliff's drink. And as Norm is taking a sip of Cliff's drink, <laughs> Cliff shouts over to Carly. He's like, hey, I'm sorry about this morning when I called you a sawed-off wench. <laughs> <laughs> and Norm just... Bit take, you know, just like the foam of the beer just goes flying across the bar and everything like that. <laughs> uh, yeah, my my note for that is, I guess Norm's tab is going to be a little less this time. <laughs> yeah, you know, I I considered giving him two beers for that since he got the one that he ordered and then he took Cliffs, but I was like, I don't think he really finished those. So yeah, yeah I I think what what you saw was all he drank of both of those. <laughs> I'll still give him credit for one because he ordered one, so that still right. counts. It, yeah. it would go totally. And that's when we learn because Diane's there and Sam comes in mm-hmm. and they have this whole exchange about, <laughs> you know, maybe you remember me from a month ago, at, at which point I'm like, a month? Yeah. They're doing, they've been go, doing this for a month? Really? And, and could possibly be over-exaggerating a little bit, but not necessarily. They definitely no. seemed like, you know, every instant that they would have normally a free time has been, Coach has been kind of like been handcuffed to them. Because as soon as they go into the office, he's there waiting for them, planning their night to watch like, another <laughs> movie. So, um, yeah, and, okay. and, they, and they just finished watching uh, one of uh, Luke Giaconetti's favorite movies, uh, Mothra vs. Godzilla. <laughs> that is the greatest movie. Also known as Godzilla vs. The Thing. <laughs> <laughs> which, of course, Coach's button on that one is, boy, was that movie a disappointment. <laughs> After that, that's when they sort of concoct this plan. They're like, okay, or, or Carla comes up with the idea. She's like, if you want to get rid of him, you got to get find another girl for him or something. Yeah. Um, and they, they find out that he's got a crush on this girl from the bank, but they don't know who she is. So say, and they... They come up with this whole like involved plan where Sam is going to ask him. You know, he's thinking about switching bankers. Do you like yours? And then, based Frank. on whatever the, yeah, whatever the name he comes, yeah, Frank or whatever is the, is the banker, and, yeah. and they're trying to like, no, no, is there a woman? And then because Diane is going to say that she's friends with the woman, and that's how they're going to arrange this double date. And this leads to like this brilliant, of course, like almost vaudevillian scene where he says, mm-hmm. you know. Whatever the girl's name, Frank, uh, the girl's name was it? It wasn't Anita or something like that, but whoever the woman was. And, and Diane's like, Yeah, of course, I know that. She's my best friend. He's like, Well, then you should know Frank, too, because hey, they're married. They're married. <laughs> <laughs> he comes up with another girl's name, and Diane go, or Sam goes running off to go find that woman. And he's like, Oh, no, but she's not as nice as Dorothy or something like that. And, yeah. And Carla's like, Oh, Sam. So Carla goes running off to Sam to like fix it. And then he mentions another name. And Diane has to go chasing after them, and then he comes up with yeah another name. And Norman Cliff are the only ones left. And Cliff just looks at him, he's like, "I'll take this one." <laughs> and finally, just as Cliff is leaving, Coach is like, "Oh darn, darn, stupid, stupid!" And and Coach and Norm is like, "All right, what is it, Coach? You forgot? It's a it's a different woman." He's like, "No, no, no, the wrong bank." <laughs> <laughs> and you see Norm get up to go like to go after the others, and he takes his glass of beer with him. Yeah. Well. He's not going to leave it there. <laughs> He's got to so, finish it first. Yeah, exactly. So then, yeah, so then we cut back to another scene in Diane's apartment. This time they've been on their double date. Uh, and Coach is funny. He's got a good rapport with uh, with uh, Catherine and everything like that. I, I mean, it's 
Michelle, I mean, I, I think everybody who's been on the show before just loves up Coach because he, I think he's so lovable and he's adorable. But he is. Like, yeah, what, what is your just take on, on who he is? I mean, is, are, are we crazy to like him as much as we do? No, no, I think I think he's just the most lovable guy. And he everything he says wrong just, you know, goes to your heart. And you're yeah. just like, oh, isn't that cute? Uh, unless you're Catherine when you, and you think he's joking constantly. Yeah. <laughs> right. Isn't that funny how he said that? What about the trust department? They chained down the pens. <laughs> I like that. Like, what was that meal we ordered? It was like spaghetti for four. He's like, they actually have a better meal. It's spaghetti for six, but you need more people. <laughs> yeah, and then of course Catherine is ready to leave, and and Coach walks out with her. <laughs> and, and and Sam and Diana like breathe this huge sigh of relief. They dim the lights. They start to kiss, and then Coach just walks right back in. He's getting ready, uh, and that's when he's like, you know, he's like, I don't know if you noticed, but that woman had the hots for me. <laughs> and they're like, exactly. Why aren't you with her? Um, and then, of course, they that's when, like, in desperation, they have to kind of come out with it and tell them the truth. And, and Sam approaches it. He's like, I'm going to tell you something, and I don't care if it hurts your feelings. Diane doesn't want you hanging out with us <laughs> And it, it happens throughout this episode. It is so great that Sam and Diane love Coach so much, and, and they want to spare his feelings, that they are so quick to turn on each other. I yeah. know. <laughs> Especially when Sam's... I, I like spending time with him more I spend time with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, and, and, but even just before that, though, because it's so hard and everything, Coach has this whole tirade on <laughs> telling you the... T- someone telling their friend the truth is you know is is our friendship so weak that you can't tell me the truth <laughs> and don't when when you were a drunk and no one would tell you i told you you were a drunk didn't i tell you you were a drunk sam you really were a drunk sam because <laughs> sam's like yeah of course you told me he's like well you really were a drunk <laughs> and then when he goes out the door he comes back in you really were a drunk sam <laughs> <laughs> oh it's so good it's so good and and of course, then you think like that would be the end, but we come back for one final scene back to the bar, and it opens on this very quiet note where the bar is closed and, and like the whole thing is closed up, it's empty, and we see through the window, like the stairwell, Norm is just sitting there reading the paper, <laughs> and they show up and they're like, "Oh, sorry, we're late." He's like, "Yeah, like eight minutes late." And he's like, "Oh, like mad at them or anything?" Is, and, is my watch fast or something? <laughs> exactly. So they let him in, and this leads to I, I'm giving it away, but the highlight of this episode: Sam and Diane walk in, and they they're kind of explaining to Norm the situation of what they had to do to coach last night, and they realize halfway. Sam realizes halfway through their talk that Norm hasn't moved from the entrance. He's just standing there. <laughs> and Sam catches it, and he turns to Diane, and he's like, we have to do the thing. And they both go, Norm. <laughs> and Norm just kind of like smiles and like silently like thanks them for that and walks in. And, and, and Diane even does her customary, Norman. <laughs> and she like, like, kind of forces it, almost like they're reading from a script. How are you today? This is the, like the fro <laughs> And he's like, oh, like you care and everything like that. He goes to his seat. Um, <laughs> it's like... WKRP. Well, the one news reporter, he couldn't go to his desk without opening the imaginary door, <laughs> stepping through and then closing it behind him. It, it's the same. It's the same thing. Norm has OCD about coming into the bar. 
I, I know, and, like, the fact that they address it, the fact that they do that thing, like, he's so sort of, like, appreciative and, like, smiling and sort of, like, saying thank you, say thank you for indulging me. Like, it almost feels like he's acknowledging that this really is all I have. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's, like, he's like, I'm out of work. My I'm estranged from my wife. Like, please give me this. Like, <laughs> Let me know I'm welcome somewhere. So, and then, of course... Coach comes in. And he's like, "Which one of you had the, the was you know had the idea of throwing me out on my butt last night?" And they go, they walk in and they're like, "You know, it was it was both of our idea." While you know, like you know, pointing to the other one, kind of below their <laughs> eye line, or kind of doing the head nod and everything yeah. like that. <laughs> the the oh so subtle finger pointing and right. everything. <laughs> I, I love Sam that he actually has his hand on Diane's shoulder and his big finger, his pointer finger, is like pointing at. Her. <laughs> So and and then coach kind of he he side he blindsides them by just saying you know I I want to thank you because I caught up with Nita at the bus station we went back to her uh, place we had a great night and instantly they are so quick to take credit for it while mm-hmm. pretending like it was their like their their the warm and and cut, like the united front and everything like that but they're all just selfish. And it, and it climaxes with, you know, them both kind of walking off and Coach just turning to Norm. He's like, hey, Norm, ain't they a wonderful couple? And he kind of does, like, the <laughs> the finger twisting. <laughs> like, the, the screw loose. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I remember that moment, that button on the scene. He's like, aren't they a wonderful couple? I remember that line from a promo, like a, a commercial when Cheers was in syndication. And... My memory could be betraying me because that wouldn't be the first time, but (laughs) I think when I was a kid in the mid or late 80s, I had a VHS copy of like Transformers episodes that I taped off of TV, like television or something like that. And during one of the commercial breaks or something, there was a promo for Cheers. Like, again, when it was in syndication or something, because it was like, you know, laugh with Sam and Diane and the gang at Cheers or something. Like, so this would have been like during the Rebecca years, but when the Diane episodes were running, like reruns. Um, and I just remember that's how the promo ended. It showed that beat with Coach. Uh, and I just, I, I think I just, I saw that and I heard that line a thousand times mm. because I would just go to the basement and rewatch that Transformers tape again and again. And again. <laughs> so. Yeah, I don't remember any Cheers commercials. I know I've seen them. I know. But this was one of those, like I like I told you uh, when I was first on, mm-hmm. it's just one of those where it would be on like four times a day. Yeah. Because yeah. of the way the channels worked where I lived. So there had to have been commercials for it. Yeah. But I don't remember them because it was just on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was on like four times a day. So. Yeah. Oh, Cheers is on again. Oh, mm-hmm. quick. Yeah, my my memory is it was on uh, Channel 9, which was WGN, which was a Chicago affiliate. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that's what it was, but yeah. <laughs> um, like just uh, kind of looking at the guest cast, uh, we've got three guest actresses in this one. Catherine is played by a woman named Eve Roberts. Uh, she's got 20 credits on IMDb, including appearances in Remington Steel, New Heart, <laughs> Family Ties, and interestingly, she also appeared in one episode of St. Elsewhere 
and it was the season three finale, which was called Cheers because it crossed over with Cheers. Oh, um, neat. However, she was playing a different character. So I oh. think I, 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 I need to rewatch that episode, which I'm going to do when it crosses over, like chronologically. Mm. Um, but I, 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 so I don't know what the character she's playing or how central she is to a plot. I do think it would have been cool if she could have played the same character. But <laughs> that, that would have been neat, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then the two women in the beginning, in the teaser, uh, they're only credited as Woman 1 and Woman 2. Uh, the first one is played by Nilda Daces. Uh, she only has a handful, a small handful of TV credits. This episode of Cheers is her first one, according to IMDb. Uh, and then the second woman, played by Robin Peterson, she's got about three dozen appearances on TV. Nothing really major. Uh, she won appearance on The Sopranos and some appearances on L.A. Law. Um, was Was she the brunette? Of the pair, I think uh, because I, that I that actress looked familiar. Yes, but it might be because she looks also looks like the woman that plays Dale in uh, the Flash Gordon movie from nineteen eighty. I I I, I, I have to go look back at their IMDb pictures. I would think that Woman One was the brunette, only okay. because she's the first one to speak dialogue. That would make sense. I think that's yeah. usually how they credit it. Since she's the first one to talk, she would be credited as Woman 1. Um, anyway, I gave Norm credit for three beers in this episode. That's about right. I mean, <laughs> three, three beers over a month <laughs> that we don't see how many. <laughs> now, you know what? I'm actually wondering if I need to revise that because in the scene in the bar, after Sam and Diane show up, when they're doing their whole thing trying to get Coach trying to hook coach up with a, a date or something like that. Norm is drinking a beer and he's about halfway through a beer. And I'm wondering, is that the same one that he ordered that might've had spit in it? Or <laughs> I mean, if he had gotten a fresh beer from Carla, then that would have been a different one. So <sighs> I don't know because it, it, after he does the spit taken, Norm hand or uh, cliff hands him the towel. Mm-hmm. While giving him a weird look, Carla might have just might have said, "No, I ain't spitting either of these," and he just finished it. Right. right. So I I don't know. Or might have gone uh, back to his original beer or something. Uh, yeah, I'm right. gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna count that as the same one, uh, barring any other kind of evidence. So I'm giving him credit for three, which for the series up to this point uh, brings him up to 170. Okay. That's yeah, a lot of beers. We're not even. What's this? Halfway through season two? Ah, uh, yeah, just about. Yeah. yeah. All right, getting into the superlative categories. Uh, Gene, who was your employee of the week? Who did you think was the best character? I think it was Coach. Mm-hmm. And that's because of his reactions. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I already mentioned the, the tr- tell the truth speech, but also the guilt trip he lays on him in the beginning. He, he seems like the whole Godzilla versus Mothra bit. He's taken over. He is now the alpha in the in, in that little group. As yes, we're doing this and all <laughs> and everything. And then when he comes in angry, I want want you to tell me which one of you decided to kick me out and, and all this. And then he's just looking at him, confused. Like, mm. do you two have a tick or something? Because <laughs> the the way he Shelley, doesn't understand why. Well, the way Shelly Long's playing it, it's like it it's halfway to her facial tick. Yeah, you know. So he he's just looking at him like you you can tell he knows what's going on because at the end he's you know when he's telling Norm yeah they're they're completely bonkers. 
So I just I I think it's coach just because he he is he's not on screen as much as some of the others, but he is the glue that holds this entire episode together. Michelle, what did you think? See, Carla is my my employee of the week <laughs> because of the whole when I'm in charge of the bar <laughs> and and she pretends to spit in everyone's drink. I don't think she's pretending. <laughs> <laughs> it's well, a small moment, but she really owns that moment. And that's really because good. I used to, I used to know people who worked at McDonald's who did things like that. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's why you're always nice to the people preparing your food or your drinks. You never know. You never know who's going to spit in your shake. <laughs> Uh, since you called Coach and Carla, I, I, my, my other possible, uh, employee of the week for this one was Norm. Um, mm. and I'm just, for one thing, he does get to do a great spit take, yeah. uh, <laughs> but also just the entire beat at the end, the fact that he's outside the bar before they are even opening up, which becomes kind of a recurring thing throughout, throughout the, the life of the show. <laughs> um, but yeah, like just this first time, like he's, he's waiting for them and then he actually comes. It's almost like like a vampire. You need to welcome him in. He needs he needs his formal greeting and everything uh, <laughs> before he can cross the threshold. I just I love that moment so far, and and that is that is my home run. That's my my number one uh, highlight for this episode. Is that they have to say Norm before he can begin. <laughs> so, uh, Michelle, what was your highlight? What what did you think was the best gag or most dramatic moment? You really were a drunk, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That was a runner-up, yeah, yeah. Gene, what'd you think? Uh, it's the whole person at the bank bit. Okay. And, I mean, it's, it like you that, said... That was funny. It's vaudevillian. I can see that in an Abbott and Costello movie. <laughs> me too. And it also, it, it reminded me, it was actually the reverse of a skit that we would always perform at scout camp, where the idea being that, okay, this, the first person on is, you know, now I've just had enough. I'm going to go jump in the lake, right? So count to jump in the lake. Someone else runs on, hey, no, no, you know, well, who are you? Well, I'm this person and I want to jump in the lake for this reason. And you just, you get like 10 people on the stage at one point. So it, it that whole bit, even though it's pretty long, works on multiple levels for me. I, That's I just, funny. I was, I was, when I watched it the first time, I was laughing every time someone ran out of that bar. He almost <laughs> fell off the couch. <laughs> All right, I, I love that one too. That was so good. Um, yeah. Um, final thoughts for the episode, uh, Gene. Anything? Anything else to say? Uh, no, I think we basically hit everything. Uh, oh, the the only note that I have that we didn't go over was that the first time we're in Diane's apartment, she's wearing pants. Yeah, that's true. Normally, Diane is always in a skirt, so that kind of threw me. I'm like, wait. Diane's wearing pants. What's going on here? That's true. She's usually in very like long, like shin length skirts and dresses. Yeah, like the nighty she came out in. Yeah, was shin length. Yeah, <laughs> but she was in. Uh, I didn't like, think it uh, was very sexy. What the nighty? Yes, it's sexy for Diane. It's sexy for Diane. Remember, <laughs> she she's still even in her negligee. She's still kind of buttoned up. Yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, uh, yeah, gosh, I didn't even catch that, but you're right. How often do we see her in pants? pants. Yeah, I, I, this is the first time in this rewatch that I, I remember her being in pants. Hmm. 
You have to. Maybe I, that's I, another I, thing you have to keep track of. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because you don't have enough work to do. All right. Well, well, Michelle, any other thoughts before we go? Nope. That was it. I noticed he wrote pants, and then I thought, yeah, she's wearing pants. <laughs> Oh, pants. She wears pants the whole episode. No, she doesn't. She she only is in pants in the that very opening scene. If she's at the bar, she's back in a skirt. That's so apparently, problem. she lounges around in pants. <laughs> All right. Well, Gene, anything you want to plug before we go? Well, really, the only thing that I got going on right now, beyond you know, guesting on podcasts, is the uh, the Class 1000 Marvel Live Role Play Podcast, which uh, Adam Worth and I are doing with our friends from high school, playing the Marvel Superheroes Phase Rip game. And that is the, uh, that's coming out once a month. You can find it at uh, the Class 1000 Podcast on Podbean. And right now we're getting close to the end of the first module that I ran for the guys. And this past Thursday, we started on the second module. So it will be continuing, even though I'm down here and they're up there. Very, very cool. All right. Well, uh, thank you once again, both Michelle and Jean, for being on the show. Thank you, as always, to the listeners for tuning in. Please support the show by liking or sharing on Facebook and Twitter. You can always leave a comment on the website, fireandwaterpodcast.com. You can also support the Fire and Water Podcast on Patreon. And special thanks to all of our patrons over there, with an extra special shout-out to Mike Gillis from Radio vs. the Martians, who sponsors Cheerscast. For more information on how you can support the network in general, or this podcast in particular, visit patreon.com slash fwpodcasts. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and until next time, we're closed. Look, I'm beginning to see the light about something here. You both have something to tell me, but you don't have the guts to tell me, right? Well, I do. Diane doesn't. Well, then what is it? Say it. Come on, Sam, say it. Look, when you were a drunk and nobody told you, I told you you were a drunk, didn't I? I told you. Over and over and over again. Well, you really were a drunk, Sam. I know. <laughs> I mean, you were really a drunk, Sam. <laughs> don't, don't start again. Look, look, what kind of a friendship is it? Is it so weak that, that we just can't come out and tell each other the truth? You're right, you're right. Uh, we, we just don't want you hanging around us so much. If you don't want me, it's fine. Okay. I'm not mad. It's fine. I'll, I'll, I'll see you. But Sam, you really were a drunk. Yeah. <laughs>